Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Camilla by Joseph Sheridan Lefanu. Chapter 14 The Meeting. My beloved child, he resumed, was now growing rapidly worse. Physician who attended her had failed to produce the slightest impression on her disease. For such, I then suggested. Then, for such that it then supposed it to be, he saw my alarm and suggested a consultation. I called in an amb- abler physician from Gratz. Several days elapsed before he arrived. He was a good and pious, as well as violent man. Having seen my poor ward together, they withdrew to my library to confer, discuss. I, from the adjoining room, where I awaited their summons, heard those two, two gentlemen's voices raised in something sharper than a strictly physiological discussion. I knocked at the door and entered. I found the old physician from Gratz maintaining his theory. Revival was combating it with undisguised ridicule, accompanied with bursts of laughter. This obscene manifestation subsided, and the alteration ended on my entrance. Sir, said my first physician, my learned brother seems to think that you want a conjurer, not a doctor. Pardon me, said the old physician, from Gratz, looking to please. I shall state my own view of the case in my own way another time. I grieve, Monsieur de Genrel, that by my skill and science I can be no use. Before I go, I shall go myself the honour to just something to you. He seemed thoughtful and sat down at a table and began to write, profoundly disappointed. I made my bow, and as I turned to go, the other doctor pointed over his shoulder to his companion who was writing, and then with a shrug significantly touched his forehead. His consolation then left me precisely where I was. I walked out into the grounds, all but distracted. The doctor of Gratz, in ten or fifteen minutes, overtook me, apologised for having followed me, but said he could not conscientiously take his leave without a few words more. He told me that he could not be mistaken. No natural disease exhibited the same symptoms that death was already very near. There remained, however, a day or possibly two of life. The fatal seizure were at once arrested that with great care and skill her strength might possibly return. All hung upon the confines of 
was aboard, one more assault might extinguish the last spark of vitality, which is every moment ready to very every moment ready to die. And what is the nature of the seizure you speak of? I entreated, as stated full fully in this note, which I place in your hands upon the distinct condition you send for the nearest clergyman, and open my letter in his presence, and on no account read it till he is with you. You would dis you would despise it else. And it is a matter of life and death. Should all, should the priest fail, you then indeed you may read it. He asked me before taking his leave, finally, whether I would wish to see a man curiously learned upon the very subject which, after I had read this letter, would probably interest me above all others, led me earnestly to invite him to visit him there, and so took his leave. He corrected what was absent. I read a letter by myself at another time, another case it might have exhibited, have excited my ridicule. But unto, unto what quackeries will not people rush for a last chance, where all accustomed means have failed, and the life of beloved object is at stake? Nothing you will say could be more absurd than a learned man's letter. It was monstrous enough. It was, mon it was monstrous enough to have consigned him to the madhouse. He said that patient was suffering from the visits of a vampire. <coughs> The punctures which he described as having occurred in the throat where he assisted the insertion of those two long, thin and sharp teeth which were known are peculiar to vampires. There could be no doubt, he added, as to the well-defined presence of the small, livid marks which all concurred in describing as what as that induced by demon lips Every sample, every symptom described by a sufferer was that confirmatory of which with those recorded in every case a similar dissertation. Being himself wholly sceptical as to the existence of any potent as a vampire, the supernatural theory the good doctor furnished, in my opinion, but another instance of learning intelligence oddly associated with some one hallucination was so miserable however that rather than try nothing I acted upon instructions of the letter concealed myself in the dark dressing room and opened upon the poor patient's room in which a candle was burning and watched there while she was fast asleep so the door peering through the small crevice the sword laid on the table beside me with my direction prescribed until a little after one saw a large black object, very ill-defined, crawled, as it seemed to me, over the foot of the bed. It swiftly spread itself up the poor girl's, to the poor girl's throat, where it swelled in a moment into a great palpitating mass. For a few moments I stood petrified. I was now sprang forward, my sword in my hand. The black creature suddenly contracted towards the foot of the bed, glided over it, and standing on the floor, about a yard below the foot of the bed, the glare of sulking ferocity and horror fixed on me, saw Malinka spectatorly. I know not what I struck her instantly with my sword, 
I saw her standing near the door, unscathed, horrified. I pursued the truck again. She called, and my sword flew to shivers against the door. I couldn't describe to you all that passed on that horrible night. That whole house was up and stirring. The spectre Marinka was gone, but her victim was thinking fast. Before the morning dawn, she died. The old general was agitated. We did not speak to him. Her father walked to some little bit. To some little distance, began reading the scriptures on tombstones. Thus occupied, he strolled into the door, the side chapel to approach the coot. Pursuit. The pursuit his their searches. The general leaned against the wall, dried his eyes, and sighed heavily. I was relieved on hearing the voices of Camilla and Madam, who were at a moment approaching. The voices died away. His searchers, having just listened to so strange a story, connected as it was with the great and titled dead, whose monuments were mouldering among the dust and ivory around us, every incident of which bore so awfully upon my own mysterious case, this haunted spot, darkened by the towering foliage that rose by every side, dense and high above its noiseless walls, however began to steal over me, my heart sank, as I thought my friends were, after all, not about to enter and disturb this choice anonymous scene. The old general's eyes were fixed on the ground as he leaned with his hand upon the basement of a shattered monument. Under a narrow arched doorway, surmounted by one of those demonical grotesques in which the cynical and ghastly fancy and old gossip carving delights, I saw a very lad, a beautiful face, figure Camilla, enter the shadowed chapel. I was just about to rise and speak and nodded smiling in answer of a peculiarly engaging smile. When with a cry the old man by my side caught up the nobleman at hatchet and started forward. On seeing him a brutalized change came over her features, his insaneness and horrible transformation, as he made a crouching step backwards. Before I could utter a scream, he struck at her with all his force, but she died under the blow low and scathed caught him in a tiny grasp by the wrist he struggled for a moment to release his arm his hand but his hand opened the axe fell to the ground the girl was gone staggered against the wall his grey hair stood upon his head a moisture shone over his face as if he were at the point of death the frightful scene had passed in a moment first thing i reflected after madame's madame standing before me and patiently repeating again and again the question where is Venezuela Camille? I answered at length I don't know I can't tell she went there I pointed to the door through which madam had just entered only a minute or two since but I've been but I've been standing there the passage ever since Venezuela Camille entered she did not return she then began to call Camille for the every door and passage for the windows but no answer came she called herself Camille, asked the general, still agitated. Camille, yes, I answered. I said, that is Malinka. That is the same person long ago was called Malinka. Countess Kirstein, depart from this accused ground, my poor child. Quickly as you can, drive to the church, clergyman's house, and stay there till we come. Be gone. May you never behold Camilla more. You will not find her here. Our family has grown. 
Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com.